0: Welcome to Sage and Spirit, a podcast designed to nourish your mind, body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Anna-Claire Lottie, and I'm so grateful you're here. In this holistic wellness podcast, I'll be having candid conversations with others, exploring topics such as healing with plants, food as medicine, earth connection, spirituality, conscious entrepreneurship, and so much more. Thank you for being here and sharing in this journey with me. And welcome back to season two of Sage and Spirit. Today, I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Jen or Jennifer Amabile. And we are talking all about self-love and self-worth today. And how important is this topic in the journey of life? Um, I'm so excited to have this conversation with her. It was such a rich conversation. And I just left feeling worthy and feeling loved, and I hope that you do too. Uh, I think it's really important that we all remember that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what life you were born into, you are worthy. And today's conversation really helps, I think, to understand this concept and to really integrate it into our embodiment at this time. So, today, Jen and I talk a lot about different applications of self love, what that means, what it can look like, making self honoring choices, which I really appreciate the way that Jen worded that. And, you know, a lot of times, many of us have, especially as women, I think, tend to have this thing where we put ourselves last and we may end up losing ourselves and becoming resentful and in the end that really ends up serving no one so jen speaks to this and she speaks about different ways to recognize what our own needs are and how we can meet those and how we can ask ourselves important questions to really determine what will best serve us in this life We talk about all different sorts of practices that can help us to get to know ourselves better, to appreciate ourselves, and to lift ourselves up. Jen talks a little bit about how to receive, and this may seem like somewhat of a simple concept. However, I think that a lot of us may actually not have always found it easy to receive sometimes it can be easier to give than it is to receive. And this is an important notion to realize and to witness for ourselves and also to navigate different ways of perhaps changing that perspective and paradigm so that we can find greater harmony, greater balance and greater truth, and that we can be in that truth and truly be empowered there's a big difference between being a servant and being in service and we speak to that in this conversation we talk about different ways to rediscover who we really are on a soul level and to bring that forth and what that could mean for our potential as we move forward we're airing this episode just before solstice and the previous two episodes of this podcast have dealt with the journey, the descent into the shadow world, into doing our own shadow work, dealing with grief, which are all really important topics right now. And especially as we just sort of wrapped up this eclipse season that started on November 19th with the lunar eclipse and ended December 4th with the solar eclipse and new moon. And so as we enter into the solstice, Many people in many different traditions actually see the solstice as its own sort of new year. And the solstice is just such a beautiful day of reflection and of balance. And so I bring you today's episode in in hopes that it helps you to find more balance in your life and to come out of this cave of self-exploration with more self-worth and more self-love In today's conversation, we actually talk a bit about, it's sort of focused on navigating self-love and self-worth after we experience loss or changes in relationships, as Jen is actually, she does a lot of work around healing from heartbreak and women who are going through breakups and changes in their relationships. Um, But I also just want to make it really clear that this information is for everyone. And even though it's sort of geared towards women, it's really pertinent to to anyone and everyone. And so that includes all genders and all people, uh, no matter how you identify. So I really hope that you get a lot out of today's episode. I'd like to share a little bit more about Jen before we launch into our conversation today. Jen Amabile is a best-selling author of her new book that came out, I think about a year ago. She's also a a Reiki practitioner and a transformational life coach who's committed to empowering single women to heal from heartbreak, cultivate more self-love, and amplify their sense of self-worth so that they can create the freedom in their life that they desire and attract love into all areas of their life. Jen does this through private coaching, workshops and leading guided meditations which she actually leads us on a brief guided meditation at the end of today's episode so i hope that you stick around because it's really beautiful jen has a master's degree in counseling from montclair state university a health coaching certificate from the institute for integrative nutrition and a culinary diploma from the institute of culinary education I'm so grateful that Jen is a friend of mine. We met actually years ago in a shamanic training that we were both doing. And it's just been such an honor and a pleasure to be her friend over the years and to witness each other's self-growth and self-love and self-worth as it continues to unravel. So I am so grateful to share this episode with you today and I hope that you enjoy. Hey Jen,
1: welcome to the show.
0: I'm so excited to have you here today. How are you?
1: I'm so good. I'm. I'm, It's so exciting to be here. Thank you for asking me. I love your podcast.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, I'm like I said, I'm really excited to have you here, and I think that this conversation that we're going to have today is really crucial um, for the development of women in general, and also just. these times that we're living in and we're seeing a lot of change, um, kind of on the horizon. So I'm excited to just dive right in. And I'd love to begin with just a little introduction as to who you are and this work that you're doing in the world.
1: Yeah. So I help women, single women heal from breakups primarily. And I do that through, meditation, spiritual practices, uh, mindset work, um, and shadow work. And Mm -hmm. I really help women to move past their breakups and um, really remember their self-worth, remember who they are and what they want to put out into this world, who they want to show up to be in this world.
0: That's amazing. And um, it's so interesting too that you bring up shadow work because I just did a podcast on shadow work and here we are in Scorpio season and um, at least in the northern hemisphere we're diving deep into fall and soon winter and it's such an apropos time to do this kind of work, the shadow work, and and to really go inwards and discover more about ourselves. And so I'm really interested to hear how you relate that to reclaiming our self-worth and to um, evoking the sense of radical self-love. So with that being said, can you maybe explain a little bit about what you feel radical self-love to be? What does that mean for you?
1: I love this question um, because sometimes self-love can be really elusive and this abstract concept. And a lot of times when I'm working with clients um, or even when I'm just engaging on social media and talk about self-love, they have no idea of like how to even apply that to their lives. And I really, for me, I think self-love is making self-honoring choices every single day in every single moment. Um, I think as women for, you know, generations, we've been taught to put everyone last. uh, I'm sorry, put ourselves last and put everyone else first. Mm -hmm. And even in relationships, um, you know, we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to make waves. We don't want to make people angry. We want to people please. Um, And somewhere along the way, we lose ourselves when we do that. So Radical self-love is turning all of that around and taking the focus off of other people and putting it back on ourselves and really questioning and asking ourselves every day, like, what do I need in this moment? What is my heart longing to express? What have I, what have I been wanting to do, say, be? And I've been putting that on the back burner. So it's, it's really reclaiming ourselves. And so we can show up for other people in a, in a more powerful way.
0: That's, oh, wow. I feel like we're already going so deep with this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, those are just, yeah, these are are really rich points. And I think that on the surface, they can sound really, you know, kind of simple and straightforward, but the practice of doing them, I can speak from my own experience. The, The practice is, you know, can be much more challenging um, than just saying, well, I'm gonna reclaim my self-worth today and I'm just gonna give myself what I need. And there's so much that I would say, you know, we're we're taught or conditioned from such a young age. And I think that you're right, especially as women, um, you know, there's this naturally many women tend towards this caretaker sort of archetype, right? And And it's inherent within our nature in a lot of ways. But at the same time, it's that whole giving from an empty cup. If we just give and we give and we give and we don't receive or we're not able to receive or we're not taught even how to receive or what that looks like, um, it can really be to our own detriment and not only ours, but the people around us that we're hoping to serve. And, you know, just to, to maybe even get in a practice, I love what you said about asking ourselves, what do I need in this moment? And so... I think a lot of this, it really is a practice, right? Like you don't just overnight, all of a sudden you're taking care of yourself necessarily. If so, that's amazing, you know, but a lot of times it really seems like maybe writing little reminders on post-it notes around the house or on our phone or computer or wherever we spend time to remind ourselves to ask these questions of ourselves. And Remember that putting ourselves last really isn't serving anyone because once the cup is empty, you know, something that I I hear a lot about and I've experienced myself and that I know a lot of women who experience this is the more and more that we give without receiving, there often tends to be sort of this resentment that happens, right? Because we're like, well, I just gave them my everything. I got nothing in return yet we still keep giving. So I wonder, do you see this a lot in your clients? Do you see this resentment coming up? And, and if so, do you have any thoughts on how to sort of unravel that maybe?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that goes so deep. And pretty much all of my clients have experienced that in their lives. Um, You know, it starts from very young, it starts from, you know, if you grew up in a abusive household and, you know, you just got to, it's a self-protective mechanism, you know, like making sure everybody's okay, just so the, the you know, keep the peace in the, in the house. So I have to um, be everything to everyone
2: mm-hmm.
1: all the time. So when, you know, we grow up and we, and we experience relationships, we then tend to take that role on in the relationship because we're we're repeating the same pattern. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't, we want to make sure they're okay. So if they're okay, we're okay. You know Um, which is like you said, it's so detrimental because eventually we are um, neglecting the things about us that make us thrive in this world. And yeah, that does bring up resentment because somewhere way deep down, our soul knows like, wait a minute, I'm here to I'm here to sparkle. I'm here to thrive. I'm here to be here and express myself fully. But if I'm constantly going after what other people want and, and making sure everyone's okay before ourselves, that resentment is real and true. Um, and it it plays out in such detrimental ways in the relationship, you know, and then, then there's the resentment that builds up and then there's like passive aggressive behavior that happens. and mm-hmm. And, you know, it's soon like erodes the relationship terribly Um, so as far as how to unravel that i mean i would say i mean i'm just thinking calling upon my experience um at some point you just make a decision Mm -hmm. and say you know and and know that it's not going to happen overnight but make the decision like i am going to start to put myself first and one thing that you can do is just start to write out ways that i can do that because and i and i love journaling and i love um putting thoughts on paper because it really helps to access your subconscious and parts of yourself that have been hidden so i recommend writing down like first of all where in my life am i putting myself last where is that resentment building up and then how can i start to make those little micro shifts every day to start to put me first, to, um, you know, allow someone to even help me allow myself to receive something from somebody else instead of always making sure that everyone's okay. And, you know, I gotta, I gotta, you know, keep the fort down. Mm.
0: Yeah. And it's like, well, what happens if everyone isn't okay? Is it, is it even our jobs to make sure that that's the case to begin with? And, And, you know, I think part of that, too, is just like we all have our own karma and we all have our own paths. And what I've noticed within myself at times is that I want to caretake for everyone else, because like you're saying, I want them to be happy. And if they're happy, then I can feel more happy and the world's a better place and all of this. Right. But we do all have our own paths and we all have our own things that we're that we need to learn, you know, these lessons in life and, and the reasons that we're here and the work that we came to do. So, I really, I just really love so much about what you're saying. And I want to go back to this piece of how, you know, this sort of caretaker behavior and constantly giving and the resentment that comes with it, how a lot of this, we're really neglecting aspects of ourselves, like you said. And this makes me think about how, when this is done, we can potentially come to this place where the question then becomes, Who am I? Because we've given so much of ourselves or we've given of so much, you know, so much of ourselves. And all of a sudden that's, that's the role that we most identify with. So when we're not doing that, or, you know, if there's some sort of circumstance that takes us out of relationship or that takes us out of this position where we've had almost what is kind of coming to mind as like a codependency of sorts, because we need this in order for ourselves to feel a certain way, um, based on, you know, this may be over caring for others. And it's just, you know, yeah. Who, who am I, who am I without this? And what would I be if this wasn't my life or the picture that I was painting on a regular basis? And, um, you know, that's a, that's a big question. And again, it goes back into this aspect of shadow work and of going within and, and, you know, asking these questions of rediscovering ourselves or maybe discovering ourselves for the very first time. Um, because like you said, a lot of times we're sort of born into this, or we take this on at an early age as a coping mechanism. And you know, I'm it, it kind of brought up for me this something that a teacher once said to me. And I think that this maybe ha- potentially came up when you and I were were doing some training together. And it was this concept of being in service versus being uh sort of this archetype of servant, yeah. right? Like, um, how can we be in service without overgiving of ourselves and without sort of playing out this role of being a servant, right? Because I think also that there's potentially this aspect or scenario that happens that once we find ourselves in this role or we put ourselves in this role and we're consistently giving to others that they then expect that. So maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't intentional, but maybe they stop doing some of the things because they know we'll do it for them. And then that just builds more resentment. And then the cycle goes on. Right. So Exactly do you want to speak to that at all just the the sort of like servant versus being in service and and maybe some of the differentiation that you see and and how to play that role or or you know just find more balance within that i guess
1: yeah when you were talking what what came up for me was the idea of reciprocity which we've you know been trained in and um you know just life in general is about reciprocity. You know, you, 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 it's a cycle you give and then you receive. It's not all of giving. It's not all of receiving. It's, it's this beautiful balance that the universe orchestrates of flow. And um, I think in relationships, it's, it's, it's such a huge thing that people overlook, you know, it's, um, well, it's kind of tit for tat, like like, what have you done for me? Or, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, am I and people keeping score? And and I think that's where women in particular get so caught up in overgiving, overgiving, overgiving. And again, like I said before, they lose themselves in the process of that. So being in service, I think it's 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 twofold. It's how how do I want to show up in relationship that's healthy? And then how do I want my partner to show up in relationship, really show up, um, which brings me to the point, like you said, some people don't even know what that looks like, like, because they've been in this pattern for so long. So, wow, you mean somebody can make me breakfast in bed <laughs> if you want to bring it down to a at the level? Wow, you mean I get to have flowers every day? if that's what you want, you know, um, Oh, I get to be taken out on date night and I'm not always stuck at home cooking dinner for my, for my boyfriend or spouse, or, you know, like, Oh, I get, I get to ask for that. I get to, to ask how I want to receive in the relationship and also how I want to give without overgiving and without, without depleting myself. Um, So, you know, for for women in particular who are single, fresh out of a relationship, I think what you can start, what women can start to do is um, really get first, get a really clear picture of what does that look like in my single life? How am I showing up in my single life where I'm not constantly worried about everyone else and their feelings and, you know, what they need from me? and turn it back again turn it back on yourself like what does that even look like paint the picture let's you know journal this out let's let's create a scenario of the perfect day for myself and then once you have that kind of and it's a work in progress but once you have that foundation then you can then start to act from that place does that make sense
0: oh yeah definitely yeah thank you for that and i think it's important to to just sort of comment here on it can be really difficult to ask for things, right? Um, at least that's been my experience. And I think especially yes. because of what we're talking about with how we grow up and and the roles that we take on and potentially the conditioning that comes into play and in this this sort of notion of the people pleaser. And, you know, I grew up in the South. And so that is, you know, it's, I think it's rampant everywhere, but especially in the South, at least I know growing up, it was, you know, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. And, and, you know, you didn't say something unless you were spoken to and, you know, just kind of all these different things. And that wasn't necessarily coming from my parents. It was just sort of the, the environment, you know, like manners, like people take classes on manners in the South. Maybe they do other (laughs) places too. I'm not really, I'm not really super sure, but you know um, I think there's this part of us that maybe when we start to ask for what we really want in life we feel guilty. There's like this shame, like why, who am I to ask for these things or, you know, do I deserve this? And and so this brings us back to this, to this subject of self-worth. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've talked a little bit now about self-love and I wonder if you could sort of lead us through the difference or just, or sort of like what you see as self-worth versus self-love. And I'm sure they're, they're very much intertwined. Um, But yeah, do you want to maybe just speak to that a little bit of self-worth and, and that concept and how we can grow that within ourselves?
1: Yeah, that's a really good distinction to make. Um, And they are kind of intertwined. I think one feeds off of the other. Um, The more you practice self-love the more you remember your self-worth and i wanted to make that point that self-worth you know we are worthy already we we just are just by being here on this earth we are worthy it's nothing we have to acquire it's nothing that we have to fix within ourselves um just by being born on this planet we're already worthy and you know for some people that's a hard concept to understand because we're we're taught to look at the outside to prove our self-worth. When I get into that relationship then I'll feel worthy. When I make that money then I'll feel worthy. When I'm in that job that I've been wanting then I'll feel worthy. But it's really about remembering that you already are and cultivating that within yourself. Um so the, a lot of the clients that I work with, they are, again, in this pattern of, of going to the outside, like, oh, I need this relationship. I need him to act this way in order for me to feel better about myself. I need this person to show up for me in this way in order to know that, okay, whew, I'm deserving and I'm okay. Okay. But you're already like that. You're, all, you're already worthy. And I can't stress that enough. So I think with practicing self-love, I like to I like to there's a couple of like pillars that I like to anchor in with self-love one is feeling your emotions I mean we can go on about this forever but one is <laughs> feel, you know allowing yourself to really honor and feel your emotions, which is huge setting healthy boundaries, connecting with your desires, which I touched on before um that's an act of self-love and remembering your self-worth that that's the this piece that we're talking about right now and i think like with self self-love it's these small little micro shifts that we can make every day and you know when you wake up in the morning like okay remember i'm already worthy of these things i'm already worthy i don't need anybody else to prove it for me and just keep bringing it back bringing it back to yourself and taking these small steps that prove to yourself, like, oh, wait a minute, I am worthy of this because I'm showing up for myself. I have my own back. And I know I, it's, I know I'm going to trust myself to do the right thing for me. So I think when you are asking yourself these questions daily, that is how it's like cultivating it from within. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, less and less, you start to look to the outside. For things to prove your self-worth
0: mm. those are really good points um that you're making and and definitely some food for thought here um one of the things that you mentioned is healthy boundaries and this is so crucial yeah. with ourselves and in all relationships i i feel like and and when we're talking about this giving and receiving and, and how to find balance within all of that healthy boundaries, I think, play a huge role. And it's funny, because I feel like I had never even heard the term <laughs> until probably, you know, maybe six or seven years ago. And as somebody who relates to being highly sensitive or, you know, empathic, It was this light bulb that went off when somebody said oh well you know you have to have healthy boundaries and i was like healthy boundaries what is that what does that mean and then Mm -hmm. once i got it i was like holy cow why is this not something that we're taught in kindergarten (laughs) Like, Uh why are there not baby books on healthy boundaries and maybe there are now that would be amazing um but it's so important right because it's that and it's, and it's tough a lot of times in relationships, I feel like, because there's this merging of energy. So sometimes it's really hard to parse out what's yours and what's the other person's and how are they intermingling and how, how can you be in relationship and and still claim your own energy as yours and, and return to your partners, what's theirs, you know, how do you keep that free and clear? And, um, I think, you know, those are just things that are coming up in my mind as you're talking about some of this. And one of the other things that you've mentioned a couple times now that I really appreciate is this concept of micro shifts. And I think that that really can be helpful in breaking down the process for us rather than needing to go from zero to 60 overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, we can make these tiny little adjustments every day micro shifts that can help us to transition into this place of greater peace and harmony within ourselves without feeling like it's so heavy or so much or, or just too big to take on that. It's just, you know, unfathomable. And so, um, I know for myself, I can get really gung ho sometimes on like, okay, this is the thing I'm going to do. And I'm going to set this big goal and I'm going to do all these things and I might do it for like a week or so. And then there's something that comes up in my schedule and it throws me off. So for me, it's really um, been helpful to have reminders. And I know there was a time a couple of years ago where you and I were doing almost like a daily text thing of what we were grateful for. And also within our training that we were doing, we were setting reminders on our phone that we would wake up. And I think one of the reminders at one point was I am open to receiving all of the blessings and, and miracles and abundance available to me. for for me i mean i know it sounds silly because we're already probably so reliant on our phones and our devices but we you know i know i do look at my phone in the morning it's basically my watch too i don't wear a watch and so when the first thing that i see come up on my phone after i get up is a reminder of something like that it it really has been helpful for me in setting the tone for my day and waking up with that reminder that you know, I am worthy or I am open to receiving or whatever it is that I might be working on. And so, you know, I'm just kind of thinking this could be a nice practice for for people. And I wonder if there's anything else that you might wanna add to that as far as once we decide and, and like you said, really make this decision that we want these shifts to occur in our lives, what are some good ways to kind of stay on top of that practice? and not get overwhelmed or discouraged.
1: Yeah, um it's such a good question because you know, you touched on a few good points as far as when you embark on a journey, right? And have these big goals for yourself, you know, a lot of us tend to be like all or nothing. Like I'm just going to do this and if I go off kilter then I'm going to abandon it because oh well, I, I fucked up already. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm from Jersey. I like to curse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we messed it up already. So whatever, you know, and that really sets us up to fail. Well, I don't like the word to use the word fail, but it, it sets us up not to meet the goals that we want. So I really love the idea of one step at a time. Um, you know, I always tell my clients, you're not going to go to the gym and go from lifting nothing to hundred pounds in your first day. It's just not going to happen. So the the best thing I think that as women or anybody can do is to first number one decide, um, and then be willing. Just be willing to allow this practice for yourself to unfold, um, instead of like oh my god I got to throw all of these things at myself and I got to do all these practices and I got to wake up and five oh five in the morning you know put my diffuser on and and do all of these things um, it's not going to set yourself up to win at all. So it's, it's really about taking very, very small bites, um, mm. and saying, okay, what feels good for me in this moment? What's a good practice for me to start to cultivate my self-worth. And what I really love to do with my clients is, and this relates, um, helping them to tap into their own knowing and their own intuition. So, Me as a coach, I mean, I could give you a billion practices, but I really like for the client to tap into what works for them. And it's wild. It's wild what sometimes will come up when they actually take the moment to ask themselves, like, what do I need to do? I remember I was on a call a couple of weeks ago and I asked this question to to the person I was speaking to. And she said, she got quiet. I need to buy myself some flowers. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was blown away at the simplicity of it because, you know, oh yeah, so what? Buy some flowers. But no, she needed that for some reason. Her soul needed for her to buy herself some flowers. So to answer your question, I think it's it's just by checking in. It's so it's simple. It's very simple. Check in. What do I need to do to embark on this practice? What do I need to do today that's going to make me remember my self-worth? Buy myself some flowers. Cool, great. That's all I need to do today is do that. You know, Mm -hmm. and then tomorrow, what's you know, what's the next thing? But I think it's the consistency that's key. So, you know, we all go into these routines and we don't want to do it sometimes, but it's really showing up even when you don't want to. Asking yourself these questions even when it feels uncomfortable. And keep doing it over and over and over again until eventually you come up with this beautiful practice. And you know, you're you're just all of a sudden feeling better, you know, you're you're feeling more of yourself, you're feeling more whole.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This piece about showing up when you don't work want to,
2: oh my <laughs> gosh,
0: it's so yeah. huge. And you know, I this is something I definitely notice within myself. Um, so I can relate and speak to that. And The other thing I've noticed is that the things where I feel resistance, and actually this happens to me a lot with ceremony, a lot of times before I go to like a group ceremony or do some sort of ritual or something, I get excited about it at first. And then I'll notice that as the time gets closer, I'm kind of like, why did I, why did I sign up for this? Or why did I plan this? or. What, and it's because I know that something is going to shift, right? It's because I know that it's what I need. And a lot of times, even if we're not consciously aware, we may have this subconscious um, aversion to change and to shift, even though it's we it's something we, we know that we need. So oh. I, I've begun to notice this in myself where I'll have this resistance and I'll be like, man, I just really don't want to do this today. And I'm at the point sort of maybe on the other side a little bit now where I go, okay, then it must be important if I'm feeling that much, you know, and and I think there is a really important distinction to make that if something like truly in your bones doesn't feel right, you have to listen to that. So I'm not saying to ignore those signs red flags or, you know, anything on that level. Um, But, you know, and this this thing where i'm like i know that this is going to be good for me but i'm feeling a resistance towards it and so it probably means that there's there's something rich there for me and that i might have to do a little bit of work to to really bring that about or to really you know um end up where i want to be in whatever that is um So showing up when we don't want to, finding comfort within the discomfort, these are all really big pieces. And I think that it it ties back to what you said about how the the biggest thing that we can do in those moments is to have the willpower, to have that will within ourselves, to want to really bring about the change that we're hoping to see, um, however small or large that may be. And just taking one bite at a time, one step at a time, poco a poco. So, yeah, yeah, that just feels so big because it's not comfortable to be uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. And I just want to share, um, if I may, the the same example with the the woman that I was speaking to about the flowers. So I found it very interesting. I I followed up with her and I said, did you buy your flowers? I want to see a picture. Show me your Mm -hmm. flowers. And she wrote back and she said, you know, I went to the store and the ones that were there were dying. And. So I didn't buy them. And it was really interesting for me to, to, it was a beautiful illustration of what happens when we start to show up, we're going to get pushed back
2: Mm. from the
1: universe. And we're going to get pushed back from ourselves with, in the form of that resistance that you were just talking about. Um, But the universe is going to be like, Hey, do you really want this? Hey, is this, is this really, really what you want? All right. Well, I'm going to show you dead flowers. Are you going to buy them? Or are you going to search for, for flowers that look better or that more are more alive? You know what I mean? Like, so it's in that resistance that we just do it anyway. And also when we feel the resistance from the universe, like, oh, everything's against me today. I, I can I just can't, it's not allowing me to show up. Well, you, you know, you go like this and you I just gave the middle finger <laughs> <laughs> in a, the most loving way possible. You, think, well, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. You know, I don't, I don't care what comes up in, in, in my view today. That's going to tell me not to do it. I'm going to show up anyway and do it because mm-hmm. it, that, that, and right there, right there is, is the self honoring choices that I was talking about earlier. It's, it's like, Oh, okay. I get, I get to choose right now in this moment. Do I abandon myself? Do I abandon the goal that I have? Or do I still show up even if it's a little crunchy and uncomfortable and still make the decision to, to, make that choice for myself
0: oh my gosh yes um well that feels really powerful to me i definitely got chills when you were saying that because that is something and i'm so glad that you brought it up you know not only this piece of resistance that we might feel but the pushback that we notice that that is real and legitimate and tangible at times and um i was actually listening to um a recording last night of a class, a lecture that a friend sent me and and it was kind of along these lines of what we're talking about today. It had more to do with rites of passage than self-worth. But but this woman was also talking about this, that once we sort of set out on this journey or we make this decision for ourselves that we're going to do something different and that we're going to really seek to find ourselves and know our self-worth and really, truly, radically love ourselves no matter what that we are going to be met with out, outside resistance. There is going to be pushback. And a lot of times it's the universe or creator or God or whatever you want to call it. That's asking that question of this, of us, do I really want this? Is this truly what I want right now? And I think that, I think that that's an important question to, to pose And I also think that it helps us to, to gain even greater clarity at times, because by asking that we're able to go, you know, well, do I really want flowers? Is that something that I really, really want and need in my life today? Or maybe I just need to be surrounded by beauty. Maybe I just need to be surrounded by vitality or by sentience or, you know, really clarifying, like, is it the flowers? And maybe it is, but is it the dead flowers? Well, probably not. Cause you know, <laughs> there's songs about it, but the dead flowers don't usually make a lot of people happy that I know of, you know? <laughs> so it's about really clarifying like, okay, well, what is it about those flowers that, mm-hmm. that made you want them in your life today? What is it? underneath that so it's kind of like peeling back these layers of the onion and okay well what's underneath that okay well if that's not available to you in this moment what is the feeling that you're going for and um yeah that also i just want to reflect back a little bit to another another point that you've brought up in our conversation today and that is journaling and that is something that when i'm in the practice of journaling i feel so much more clarity and I might start in a place of being really unclear <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm like, I just need to write this out. And, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the book called the artist's way. Um, I can't remember oh. the author right now. I know it's been a popular book and a lot of sort of, um, you know, self-growth circles and that sort of thing, but essentially one of the practices in there is this idea of morning pages and how you just begin each day with writing three pages of whatever. And it's basically a stream of consciousness. So you might start off by writing it's Monday today sucks. I have so much to do. I don't even know what to write about. I don't have time for this right now, but if you stick with it and you really just go for it, you know, by page three, you, at least in my experience, there's usually some pretty big revelations that come to light. And you're like, oh, wow, I did not even know that all of this was going on in my subconscious. Or when you're talking about getting clear on, on honoring our choices, you know, on making decisions that that honor ourselves so that we don't lose ourselves and so that we know who we are and what it is that we're seeking in this life and what it is that we want to embody writing this out and, and then asking, you know, maybe we go back and look at it. And then we ask the questions to go one step further and one layer deeper. Okay. Well, this is what I want in my life. What is the feeling behind that? And I think a lot of times that's really what it seems to come down to is it's not so much, you know, maybe it starts off as something material or tangible, like your example of the flowers. And when we start to peel that back a little more, it's, I want to feel beauty. I want to feel love. I want to feel life. You know, I want to experience vitality or whatever it may be. And of course, that's going to be different for every person and perhaps every moment or every day. But to to take it a step further and go a little deeper um, is kind of what's coming up for me, um, because I think a lot of times we think we want this thing and then we get the thing and then we're like, OK, well, that didn't do it. So now what?
1: Yes, totally, totally. Yeah, I love that you I just got chills when you brought up the feeling part of it. Because as you were about to say it, I was thinking that it is really about the feeling that we want to cultivate every day. So like you said, it could start off with, well, you know, I want, I want the flowers, or I want, you know, the relationship. But when you peel back all of those layers and get to the bottom, how do you want to feel every day? Like, that's really what it comes down to. How do I want to wake up and feel every single day? And I mean, that's another excellent thing to to get clear on. And then once you, once you are clear on that, it's okay, so what are the experiences that helped me feel those things? So if it's not about the flowers, well, what makes me feel beautiful and sensual and I get to see beauty? Maybe, you know, maybe I get to go on a hike. And that's going to really anchor in all of these feelings of just being connected and, you know, just just feeling myself in my body. Um, I love I love that point that you brought up, because once you start to generate those feelings anyway, without having the thing, that is when the universe starts to bring you more experiences that generate that feeling. So it's, it's this beautiful, again, the reciprocity. Well, I'm putting out there, this is how I want to feel. I want to feel bliss. I want to feel happiness. I want to feel content. I'm And I'm just going to do all of these things. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to journal. I'm going to go outside. I'm going to, you know, whatever it is for you, then you'll see. It's so amazing how the universe brings you more experiences unexpectedly. Mm-hmm that are going to cultivate that feeling. And it's this cycle that keeps going and going and going and going. And, and then eventually, you know, of course we we have a little bit of setbacks and things like that, but eventually we're, we're at the place where we want to feel we're, we're living how we want to feel.
2: Mm-hmm. We're actually living it, mm-hmm.
1: which I think is so beautiful. Absolutely.
0: And, and yeah, just to re- reiterate that, you know, it's so important that we, learn how to cultivate these feelings within ourselves because if we're always seeking them from an outside source you know it it just brings me to this um you know the the concept of imperm or yeah impermanence like nothing is forever and you might have the best relationship in the world you know if that even exists but eventually at some point there will be some sort of shift that takes you out of that relationship, whether it's a shift in the relationship itself, whether it's an illness or death or, you know, whatever, there's so many things. And if we become reliant upon an outside source to feel the way that we want to feel, you know, that's, that's kind of a dangerous thing, right? Because there's, there's, there is no security in that there is no forever. So if we can find this stillness within ourselves to really bring You know question ask ourselves these questions and to bring about these feelings on our own accord um you know that feels really important to me because life is full of change and if if with every change we lose that aspect of ourselves again or we lose that happiness or that thing that made us feel safe and secure or comfortable you know then what happens so I wanna sort of maybe segue a little bit into, you know, you're a relationship expert and you you work with women a lot and especially women who are going through losses and relationships and breakups and that sort of thing. So, you know, how can, what are some of the ways that you see this coming up for people after they experience a loss or change in relationship? And, and what would you maybe recommend as a good starting point for navigating these concepts of self-love and self-worth after experiencing a loss. And I know you could go on for days, so I just want to (laughs) encourage people that if they have this question for themselves to reach out to you, and we'll talk a little bit later about how to get in touch with you, but just to maybe shine a little bit of light on that topic for our conversation
1: today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right, we can go on for days. I love talking about this stuff. Um, So, you know, a lot of the women that I work with, see their relationship or saw their relationship as sort of a a drug. You know, Mm -hmm. it was their, their source of dopamine, their source of uh, happiness. And when that's taken away, you know, what happens when your drug is taken away, you go through these major withdrawals. Um, And I think that's where our self-worth can plummet, our sense of self-worth can plummet. Um, And we think, Oh, you know, I, I'm nothing without this person because I don't have that source of happiness flowing to me all the time. And what I really encourage women to work on, if you find yourself in this position is to number one, use this as an opportunity to get to know yourself. Number two, know that this relationship wasn't your source of anything. It's it, it was a learning lesson it was it was it was a relationship to help you learn more about yourself. it was a relationship to help you learn what you want, what you don't want um you know there were lessons in in it for your partner. So use this opportunity as a stepping stone to cultivate okay, well, what are the things that are going to give me that dopamine high, that natural dopamine high, the healthy kind, the healthy dopamine rush, that we can cultivate within ourselves. We don't need anybody else to do that for us. So, you know, what are the things that you've been wanting to do that you've, you've neglected and ignored because you were so focused on this relationship? What are the things you've been putting on, your back, on the back burner? Is it travel? Is it changing careers? Is it going for a better job with higher pay? You know, is it writing that book? Creating art. You know, I work with a lot of women who are very, very, very in touch with their creativity and they don't do anything with it because they're so focused on getting that high from their outside source. And I always say, no, create your art. That is the thing. Those are the create your art, write that book. That's the thing that's going to give you that that boost that and create that inner happiness that we all talk about, right? Like, what does that even mean? Like our inner Mm -hmm. happiness? Well, those are the things that are wanting to be expressed in this world. And we shut that off when we shut that off. It's like shutting off love.
2: Mm.
1: And when you think about it, like it's, it's all about love, right? It's all about expressing love and giving love and, and knowing we are love We, we physically are love in our body and in our soul. So when we shut that source off, of course we're going to feel like crap. right? Like we're just, mm-hmm. and we're going to think shh, like, damn, I, I need that. I need another relationship to fill that hole. And, you know, I see that pattern often of going from relationship to relationship to relationship, trying to find this thing when really that thing is within you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Well, yes. I really, um,
0: Yeah, that that's, those are such great points. And I think to what you said about seeing it as an opportunity feels really important because it also takes us back to what we were talking about earlier with neglecting aspects of ourselves within relationship. And it might be something that, you know, maybe people are in relationship and they stop doing something. Maybe they stop painting or they stop drawing because things get busy or maybe their partner Ask them like why they always spend their time doing that or or maybe they were criticized for something, you know, for spending their time on that or, or thinking it wasn't good enough or right or, you know, maybe they love to paint but somebody told them it wasn't beautiful enough or, or who knows, you know, it could be a number of different things. Um, Maybe somebody loves to sing or to dance and they stop doing that when they're in partnership because they feel silly or they feel like it's it's not the right kind of of expression or, you know, anything like that. And so I think that what you're saying about if there is a shift in relationship or there's a breakup or a loss that it's a, such an amazing opportunity for people to come back to themselves. And, and also to to realize what it is that they're missing potentially about that, that partnership or that relationship. You know, okay, these are the things that I'm missing. These are the things I feel like maybe I'm not getting anymore or I'm I'm not receiving throughout the course of my day. And, but what was the true source of that? And if it really was coming from a partner, okay, well, then why have we outsourced that? Mm. Why is that something that we have decided? on some level, you know, more than likely on a subconscious level, but maybe even consciously, why do we decide to, to give that over to somebody else? And, you know, as I'm just kind of rambling here, I'm also just like, is that even fair to, to put that onto a partnership or onto a relationship? You know, our partners can't, there's this sort of fairy tale um, you know, concept that our partner should be our other half, yeah. meaning that they make us whole. But I think that there, there's a trap in that because if we are expecting someone else to complete us, you know, we're just setting ourselves up big for, for yeah. yeah, big trouble. Absolutely. And so what happens when that shifts? Well, we lose a part of ourselves and, and in some aspects, you know, we, we can lose a part of ourselves in relationships and, and a part of our, our heart or our, you know, whatever our connection was there, um, but really being able to reclaim our wholeness i think is a another sort of bigger picture of this you know triad maybe of like self-worth self-love and and being whole within ourselves and so seeing this as an opportunity of coming back to that place or finding that place for the first time in, in our lives, perhaps um, if yes. this isn't something that we've explored before or that we have felt worthy of before. So, you know, it's all about perspective and reframing. And I'm not saying that's easy because a lot of times it is one of the more difficult things, one of the more challenging aspects. Um, but if we can even begin by asking these questions of ourselves and, and getting real with ourselves in order to say, you know, I'm really missing this aspect of my partner or my relationship. And how do I do that for myself? How how can I reclaim this into my daily life so that I can be more whole, so that I can feel more whole and not rely on somebody else to fill that void for me because it's it's really not fair, is it, to ask someone to fill all these different holes and spaces for us when it really and truly, you know, is more healthy to, for that to
1: come from within, for that to come from source. Beautifully said, beautifully said. I love all of that so much. (laughs) And I love how you say outsource and it's true. It's, it's, you know, what can this person provide for me that I can't provide for myself, you know, type thing. But, but the, but the, the, the journey here is no, no, how can I provide that for myself? How can I cultivate those qualities within me that make me feel so fulfilled that I'm not grasping to the outside to get that, that I'm not relying on the other person for that source? Um, you know, and if anything that last year has taught us and, and part and this year too is, is, you know, things can be taken away from us very quickly and things mm-hmm. can shift so fast that we have to be self-sufficient emotionally, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: and we have to be able to, to survive without, you know, and and again, I'm not diminishing what, you know, loss in any way, shape, or form, you know, we've all experienced some form of loss in, in this past year and a half. But if we find ourselves in this pattern of continually looking around us outside of ourselves, like, Ooh, how can I find this? How can I find that as my source of happiness? We're going to be left, you know, high and dry, like up the river without a paddle. You know what I mean? Like we need to be able as women, especially to, to cultivate that within ourselves. And I just find something so beautiful that happens. Once we start doing that, we start to then attract the things that we, we want really, really want because we're shining so brightly where we we're, we are becoming the thing that we want, right? We are becoming those things. So it's we're just a natural magnet for it to naturally come to us. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's just but for anybody listening out there, it's 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 such a journey that's worth it. It mm-hmm. it's, it can seem difficult and overwhelming, like we talked about in the beginning, but it's it's taking that one step and telling the universe, okay, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be easy, I'm gonna stumble. I'm going to go backwards at times, but I'm showing up.
2: And that's really, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I, and I, I also just want to speak for a moment on this emotional self-sufficiency and, wow that that feels really important and powerful um and it's again just making me think of how if we don't have that as our baseline as our foundation it's hard to be self-sufficient in other ways because you know if we're in this place where we just can't get up out of bed because you know it just feels too hard or, or the day just feels too heavy or whatever the case may be how are we going to do anything else for ourselves you know how are we going to show up for ourselves in other ways if we can't find this emotional sort of stability and that doesn't mean that you're not going to experience emotions because we're human that's such a huge part of our process here on this plane um but you know that feels really important and and I also want to speak just for a minute going back to this concept of like a dopamine hit and how you know that's natural where there we have experiences in life that do um, activate our, our, the dopamine uh, within our bodies. And we have this feel good experience and that can be addicting because it feels good and, and we want to feel good, right? Um, but I think it's also important too to realize and, and again, question ourselves when we notice, wow, this makes me feel really good. What is it about this that makes me feel good? And if that stops, am I gonna be okay? Um, because I'm thinking too, like, especially if you're working with women who have gone through a breakup or a loss and as they, you know, maybe potentially start to get back into a new relationship, they're going to have these moments of like, oh, wow, this feels really good. Wow. This person said this, or they did this for me and that's amazing. And it can feel really good. and, And that's great and important. And what if they don't always do that? you know are you are you reliant upon these dopamine hits for this relationship to be in existence um so i feel like maybe i'm opening like a whole other <laughs> I was just thinking that oh God, i like here <laughs> I know I know right it's just like these are the things that are popping into my head as we're talking here but but you know even if just for the purpose of this conversation if we're talking about journaling and just going into this journey of self-discovery and self-worth and self-love why do why do these things make me feel good and and how can I again how can I cultivate that within myself it's great to feel it from other people or other experiences and we can't rely on that.
1: We just can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's another another layer to this conversation. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. What are these? What are those things that we really appreciate about the other person? And yeah, like, and again, this is not to diminish relationship. Like, if you're in a healthy partnership that's providing all these things, that's so wonderful. It's 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 you know, it's it's part of being alive. It's part of being human to experience that. But you know really taking an inventory and saying, okay, am I serial dating? Am I, you know, relationship hopping because I need these things in my life and I can't provide them for myself. I don't trust myself enough, or I don't, I'm not confident in myself enough to know that, wait, like, I don't need that to survive. I don't need that to, to prove my self-worth. There are things within me that haven't even shown up yet
2: mm-hmm.
1: that are going to, make me feel so good. And that are going to be sustainable because that other way is not sustainable. And I think that's another point, important point. You want to, you want to have these practices as sustainable for your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, if, if you're going through a breakup and and you've been, this is your 10th breakup and, you know, my heart goes out to you, but it's, it's, it's time to say, okay, like, what am I doing here? How can, how can I like reevaluate what's, what's going on? How can I, you know, maybe take some time for myself and say, all right, what do I need to learn? What, like, mm-hmm. what, what's, what is this about? What is this showing up? What's, what's showing up for me that I need to to grasp onto? Yeah,
0: definitely. And I think that sometimes, and maybe, maybe especially as women, I don't know. I'm just speaking from, from my experience um, because that's, that's how I'm embodied in this life. Um, but I think that sometimes when we're in those places it can potentially become like a self-sabotage. Like, why does this keep happening? Why do I keep t- attracting these people? You know, and again, if we can can find a place within ourselves to shift that perspective and to reframe it and instead ask, or, you know, maybe we still say, why do I keep attracting these types of people? Or why do I keep attracting these patterns or situations? If we can dig just a little deeper and say, Okay, this is the the feeling I'm trying to get out of it, and this is what's been coming in for me. So how do I reroute this a little bit and and again, take this as an opportunity to discover what it is we're really looking for that we keep attracting it in this way that's not working out um, yeah. or that that doesn't feel healthy or, you know, or right or right for us. Um, so, You know, we were talking about these different practices, and it's making me think a lot about meditation and yoga and some of the practices that I have found within my life to really help me bring back more wholeness, but more than anything to find my center. Um, because we there's so much distraction in daily life. And certainly we know that over the course of the past couple of years, there's just there's always something to pull us away from our center. And so if we have some sort of tools or practices that can really bring us back, back to our center, back to source, to this, you know, sort of meeting with with the divinity within or with universal consciousness or whatever we see that as um you know this this feels like really powerful and, and potent to be able to incorporate these sorts of practices into our day. And I know that in the work that you do, um, you do incorporate meditation and and different practices. So I wonder if you might just want to take a minute or two and lead us on, on a brief little meditation that people can do either while they're listening or, you know, if you're in the car and driving, please don't close your eyes while you're doing that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they could come back to this. And, and um yeah if there is anything that you just want to call into this space at the moment
1: yeah thank you for um introducing that cuz i love practicing and teaching meditation and guiding doing guided meditations um it's such a, an important anchoring tool mm-hmm. um and to really help you to access your subconscious where you have all the answers and it's, you know, again, about remembering, remembering what I need to know in this moment, what, you know, what is here for me. So um, I'm going to bring you through a very brief meditation that's going to help you reclaim your self-worth. And um, you can listen to this over and over again. And again, like I said, it's consistency. Where is the is the power here? So
2: mm-hmm.
1: if you are looking to, um, you're feeling called to to bring meditation into your practice, definitely do that um, in a a consistent way. So, um, okay. So get comfortable and cozy. If you're driving, don't listen to this at this moment. Um, wait for a, a time where you can be totally quiet and just start your breathing, breathing in through your nose,
2: out through your mouth, just anchoring in and settling into your space. Just continue to breathe. And just put your hand wherever you feel called if you want to put your hand on your heart, you can do that one hand on your heart one hand on your belly just somewhere touch your body in some way just to. To get yourself grounded. And on the next inhale, just imagine yourself breathing in love. And love is all around you all the time, 24/7. So just remembering to breathe in beautiful pink light of love. And as you breathe out, you're breathing out any feelings of unworthiness, any feelings of doubt, lack of confidence, anything that feels sticky, just allow it to go out with your breath. And as you continue to breathe, allow any thoughts of unworthiness just to float by you. Meditation sometimes brings up things that are ready to be released. So if you feel wherever unworthiness
1: is, just allow them to float by. Allow them to
2: dissipate in the pink light. Just breathe into them. And notice any feeling of lack of self-worth in the body. And you're just noticing where that may live. And as you breathe in, set the intention to breathe in to those parts of your body where unworthiness lies. And allow the breath to nourish that part. Allow the breath to bring love to that part. Allow the breath to honor that part of you that feels unworthy. And spend a moment of sending gratitude to those parts. Thank you, feelings of unworthiness because you're showing me how worthy I really am. Thank you, feelings of unworthiness because you're showing me how I really want to feel. And on your next inhale, maybe put a smile on your face. Begin to think of a time where you were truly happy. Could be just a a moment. or create something in your mind where this would make you so happy. And as you breathe in, breathe that part, all of that feeling of happiness into every cell of your being. And know that this is your natural state of happiness allow it to go through your body dissipating any feelings of unworthiness with a smile on your face you get to ask your higher power for help and you can say show me the love within myself May I love myself as you love me. May I feel my worthiness like you see my worthiness. Show me the ways I am worthy as I go about my day. May I see myself as you see me. And allowing that channel to open up, that asking for help to open up and allowing the universe, God, your higher power to show you what worthiness feels like. To show you what worthiness looks like. How do I feel when I'm feeling worthy? How do I show up? When I'm feeling worthy, and take a nice deep breath in and let it out with a sigh. and thank your higher power for showing up and for helping you and when you are ready you can slowly slowly open your eyes return to the room Mm, thank you so
0: much for that i just felt my whole body just have this warmth flowing through it Um, as i allowed myself to to open up and and to yeah it just felt really expansive so thank you so much for for leading us through that and, and so yes i will come back to this and and would encourage others if this feels good and expansive for them to do the same you can always come back to this practice and and shift it however you need for yourself in the moment ask yourself these questions that we've been discussing and and, and what really comes through for you in the moment to, to feel these feelings of self-worth, to know yourself on a deeper level and to experience love in a greater capacity um, and in a self-sustaining source that has no end. Um, and I think that that's an important piece to remember is that it really is available to us at all times, even when we may not feel it. Yes, so. absolutely. Ah yes, thank you so much, Jen. Um, thank you. You know, I, I, there is a question that I'd like to ask my, ask my guests on the podcast um, because for me and where I am in my life and my practice, um, I have noticed the importance of feeling nurtured and nourished and identifying again, like we've actually been talking about today, the things that help us to feel this way. And so I'd love to know for you in this moment in time and space, um, what's feeling nourishing
1: to you? How are you feeling nourished in in your life? Yeah, this is such a good question. Um, Currently, I think my routine that I set up for myself, specifically in the morning has really brought me some nourishment. Um, I love getting up in the morning and brushing my teeth and then drinking a big glass of water. You know, it's so important to hydrate in the morning and it really sets you up for the day. Um, so I love doing that. I love getting my workout in. Um, I love journaling really something that, that I can look forward to when I wake up in the morning. Cause you know, sometimes we just, we just don't want to, right. <laughs> like, yes. I know that like, feeling <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> wanna do it today, you know, but um something that I have in place that um, that I look forward to and that just really allows some alone time. in the mm-hmm. quiet of the morning, morning is my favorite time of day. so I try to get up early before the sun comes up and really just sitting and journaling and kind of sipping on tea or water and um, just allowing myself to get adjusted for the day, that has been so nourishing for me it's it's been a game changer
0: Hmm. i love that Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing and um i just want to reflect too that if i'm being completely honest um morning routines have not they've been challenging for me in the past um i have never considered myself to be much of a morning person (laughs) um (laughs) And I'm just like, well, that's just the way I'm built. And so that's how it is. Um, And I'm coming to this point in my life where I'm realizing that it actually is really important for me (laughs) to have more of a routine. And I have been um, focused a little bit more lately on waking up earlier, starting my day earlier, and really recognizing that time in the day as this sort of liminal space right we're transitioning from sleep and our subconscious or unconscious mind to our waking day and to Mm -hmm. you know perhaps our work day and um our to-do lists and all these different things and so i think that there really is so much um that we can gain from from setting up a routine for ourselves in the morning and it doesn't have to be you know three hours worth of this and that and meditation and you know we don't have to check all the boxes but if we can just establish something that works for us that helps us to set goals for ourselves and to feel again to just feel a particular way to to set this framework for our day where we can go forward from there, knowing that we've started from a place of stillness and from a place of self-honoring, um, realizing that that this really can benefit us in so many ways. And um, also just the the fact that you mentioned hydration being so important, you know, like we're not hydrating for the, the eight to 10 hours that we're asleep or however long people sleep. Um, and and yeah. to, yeah, get that hydration in the morning literally get our physical body flowing again, get things moving again. There's so much stagnation that happens overnight. And there's so much, um, you know, we know that rest is really important and sleep is really important. And so many of our body's regenerative processes happen during that time. And again, going back to this sort of metaphor of going from zero to 60, you know in a a matter of seconds i know that in my in my younger days and like in my 20s and probably even into my 30s i would wake up you know i'd hit the snooze button probably like five or six times and then all of a sudden i'd have half an hour to like shower make my breakfast get out the door you know i was Drinking my coffee in the car on the way to work, (laughs) eating my, my breakfast, you know, while driving, like, first of all, that's not even really very safe. But second of all, like that, I, I got to a point where I realized that is no way to start my day because I'm starting in a hurry. And from a place of anxiety and my body responds to that.
1: Yes. So when
0: I. When I made a shift from at least allowing myself to have slower mornings to building in time for myself, even if that just meant sitting and and sipping coffee or, you know, warm water with lemon for 10 or 15 minutes, just finding that stillness to transition. Um, into the day and you know the sun doesn't just rise in a matter of seconds right like it goes from darkness to light over a period of time and I think that if we can honor that within ourselves too and realize that we we do need this time in this space and and maybe it can be challenging if we you know if you have children or if you have pets or other responsibilities but if there's some sort of way that you can honor yourself And begin with five minutes of your morning and maybe you can grow that to 10 maybe you can grow that to to half an hour or an hour, you know, whatever it looks like for your schedule and for where you are in life. Um, I love I love that this was your answer because it just it gave me so much to to think about and to remind myself of but I think that this also could potentially be really helpful for others just in in recognizing our self-worth and what we need in order to really truly feel healthy and whole in our lives and taking the time for ourselves, finding a place of stillness this meditation that you've offered. um, they're all such beautiful practices and ones that, you know, with every passing day I realize are more and more important for myself. And I would imagine that to be the same for many others as well. So thank you so much for, for bringing light to this and Mm -hmm. helping us all to remember the importance of, of these practices and, and moments of our day.
1: You're so welcome. This is such an honor to be Having this conversation with you, I just feel like we were sitting at the table, like, just chatting it up, you know. I know. Um, yes, it's I love really it. great. I could talk about this stuff for days, um, but thank you. Thank you for, for bringing this, you know, these ideas and concepts into the world with your podcast and your own work, and I, I'm just honored to be here. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you, Jen. It's, it's
0: truly an honor to have you here and to share this time and space with you. And um, I would love to share some of your information with others if they would like to work with you one on one, learn more about what you're doing in the world. Um, So if you could maybe share with us ways that people can get in touch with you. And I know you have you recently launched a new book too. So maybe you want to mention that in the moment.
1: Yeah, so there's several ways that you can find me. Um, I, you know, we can put more extensive ways in, your, in the show notes. I'm guessing, right? Yes, yeah, um, definitely. I have a website. That's a good place to start. It's my name, JenniferAmabile.com. Um, you'll find me on Instagram at JenAmabile. I'm also um, I, I'm a a host of a Facebook group called Breakup to Breakthrough. Which is a, a really beautiful, nourishing space for women who, um, you know, just are looking for how to amplify their self worth. You know, how to practice self love, how to move through heartache, how to get over a breakup. What you know, how to tap into their intuition. So I, you know, I do a lot of live videos there, meditations. So that's a good private space for people to learn more about what I do. Um, and yes, I did. Um, co-author a book last year it came out in may of 2020 called women who rise um, and you can get that on amazon it just um, my chapter talks about my own journey back from anxiety and depression after the loss of my mother when i was 26 years old um, and it really talks about how you know what the foundation was for me doing this work that i do currently in this world so and it you know it has 29 other beautiful, amazing stories from other women who share their uh their journeys of, of strength and um you know just rising above circumstances that have really challenged them, you know, when who, who hasn't gone through anything like that? So this is a really inspiring book um to just you know give you some motivation and give you hope that that you can you can go above and beyond what, what your past circumstances were. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to be a victim. Um, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Mm,
0: I love it. Thank you so much. And, um, Mm. it sounds like too, it's a really good reminder that we're, we're really never alone in this work and in this life and, and that we have so many experiences that we all share in many different ways. And, and sometimes we need reminders of that, you know, that we're not alone and that other people have gone through similar circumstances uh, in some way or another. And and that can be really supportive, I think. So thank you so much for for being Mm -hmm. here today, for the work that you do in the world. It's so important, um, especially during these times. And I'm just looking forward to more conversations in the future and to seeing you again soon in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I look forward to it. All right. We'll talk soon, Jen. Take care. Thank you for listening to Sage and Spirit. You can download more episodes and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple or Google Podcasts. For more show notes and guest information, visit DancingSageWellness.com. Until next time, take care and be well.